Hello, and welcome to the show where we cast our favourite books into film. I'm Roxanne. I'm Rachel. I'm Flo. And this is Typecast, brought to you by the Rare Birds Book Club. This week, we're casting Riders by Jilly Cooper. Before we do the synopsis, should we talk about first impressions? Like, what were your first impressions? We, we decided to do writers because it's it's so, so popular. It's iconic. Here. It's iconic yeah. in the UK. And um, none of us had read it before. So we were like, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. And we had completely different impressions of what it was going to be. <laughs> Roxanne, you were very struck by the cover, which you'd never seen before. Oh, my before. God. The cover, do you know what it is? It was because it seems very shadowed. Around the butthole area. Do you know they, they actually, so that is basically the original cover and they changed it a few years oh, ago. Oh, I saw the change. a huge uproar and they had to change it back. To be fair, the other cover was awful. It, they made the hand so tiny. Well, it was the same <laughs> photo, but they just It did make the butt look really big and flat. They adjusted, they adjusted the hand to be on the hip rather than the butt. If you're going to have your front cover be a hand on a butt... Then just go for it. Don't for don't it. hedge your bets and put it on the hip. Just yeah. put it on the cheek. It's described as like the original, or one of the original bonk busters. Yeah. It's also <laughs> bonk busters. It's also it's Sad. also described as, which I think is actually much better, a sex sizzler. <laughs> so like bonk buster. I, I, I haven't had would, the word bonk in ages. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a clean three hundred and fifty pages. Yeah romance on the fields type That's thing it. and actually what we were in for was like 850 pages of like regional horse trials <laughs> yeah yeah and sort of marital abuse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would say with the two main yeah. things in this book <laughs> well i should i should uh, kick off with a synopsis because i too thought it was going to be a frothy <laughs> romance and the synopsis will only take 25 minutes okay yeah yeah riders charts a decades-long feud or a decade-long feud between two champion show jumpers the handsome rich philandering fox hunting tory bad boy rupert campbell black and the taciturn brooding orphan jake lovell jake is a brilliant horseman but poor and can't get the foothold he needs in the show jumping world to wreak revenge on rupert for all the years of bullying he received at the hands of the brutish aristocrat when they were at school together with the help of his loaded but plain debutante wife tori maxwell jake's able to set himself up and begins to build a glittering reputation on the show jumping circuit meanwhile rupert is living his jet style lifestyle with his best friend billy lloyd fox and humping everything with a pulse until he meets the serious-minded but beautiful Helen McCauley and marries her. He ceases humping other women for at least a year before falling back into his rock star lifestyle of parties, booze and sex. When Jake and Rupert meet again for the first time since school, old rivalries are reignited as they strive to prove who is the greater horseman and perhaps more importantly, the greater lover. Their spectacular pissing contest all comes to a head at the Los Angeles Olympics where the British team are performing. Will it spell disaster for the British team's hopes of gold? Will Jake leave Tory? Will Rupert kill Helen? Will this 900-page book ever end? Riders has sold 12 million copies. And um, it's considered, as Rach said, the first bonkbuster. And it was uh, named by the BBC as one of the 100 novels that shaped our world. So how's that for some credentials? I can see that. You know, I can see that at the time that it came out, people would have been like, this is revolutionary. I mean, it doesn't feel like that at all now. But I can see that at the time it would have been that. 
So okay, we've talked about first impressions, but what was your what was your actual <laughs> actual experience of reading it? I thought I was gonna love it, but I kind of struggled to sort of loosen up and just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's extremely yeah, entertaining. Agreed. Um, the story does like suck you in. Like I didn't have any trouble. You know, it's, I wasn't bored in any way. But I do think that particularly the attitudes around sex are a little bit dated, and I just really. I really struggled to sort of let that go as I was reading. Yeah, and it's it was much less fun than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of the sex is not that sexy. It's yeah. actually quite, know, it's quite grim, a lot of it. It's quite grim, yeah. quite bleak. So much of it is at the expense of someone else who really doesn't deserve to be hurt by this sort of infidelity. And then there's just sort of outright sexual abuse as well, <laughs> which I think is something we might talk about in, yeah. in more detail. And as soon as it kind of got to that sequence, which happens fairly late on in the book, I kind of, my whole view of the book did sort of shift slightly. And I kind of thought, oh, actually, this is, this is quite unpleasant. And this feels so old fashioned now. Yeah. I'm not sure I can really enjoy the rest of this. Well, you know, I wonder because so many people that have have read this, at least the the people I know who've read it, have such nostalgia associated with it because they read it when they were 14, 15. I was chatting to a friend of mine and said, "Oh, writers, there's so much so many fucking horses in it. Why is there so much about horses? I'm so bored." And she was like, "Oh my god, you're doing Jelly Cooper's horses. I love that book so much. It's one of my favorites." And I was I, I was surprised and so we were talking about it and yeah, I mean, she was given it, you know, by an older friend and, and, you know, it sort of introduced her to the sort of romance adjacent genre. My impression of it was that it was going to be really fun, really salacious, really enjoyable. Sort of silly and bored. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've never actually really heard anyone be that critical of it. And I'm sort of astonished by that now. Yeah. Even though it is a really entertaining read, I think it really does need to be tempered with calling it just like of its time. I don't think goes far enough because it's like, there's actual rape in this book. Yeah. Like yeah. the heroes, you know, Rupert Campbell Black is not a good person. No. And he go, you know, he's almost so dastardly that it, it just ceases being fun. But it's so clear that Jilly Cooper loves Rupert Campbell yeah, Black. Yeah, he's, he's the hero. Yeah. He's yeah. the hero. He is the hero. And he gets the sort of hero's finish, which really kind of t- turned my stomach because he has this sort of triumph at the end of the book. And we're meant to kind of root for him and feel emotional and... You know, he does this sort of heroic thing on the horse and then has this sort of reconciliation scene with Melise, who's the sort of chef to keep. And you just think, of all the characters in this book, he is not the one who earned, who has earned that ending. Yeah. He doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve redemption. No. So why are you trying to ram and it down our throats? Particularly because, like, in contrast, Jake is probably, he really is the better character of the two. And she really turns him. He loses all his glory. He's like, look at him. He's an idiot. He... You know, ruined his marriage. He ruined that marriage. He threw it he's, away on a lefty liberal. He's like, defected from the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Helen is so frigid. God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think w- one of the reasons that it's interesting that we've read this book is because we we totally came at it blind without any of the nostalgia of youth or any interest in. I mean, I, you know, 
I love horse riding, but no sort of interest in that world. And so we came at it blind and I was struck by a couple things. One was that it really is like a full epic, like in, in a way that I don't feel like you see that much anymore, almost Dickensian. Like there's so many characters that mm. flit in and out of the world. I did find myself almost rooting for Rupert at the end and kept pulling myself back. I was like, no, he's not. He's not a good guy. So in some ways that's a testament to Jilly Cooper's writing because she, you know, there were points where, you know, Rupert Campbellback makes me laugh so much. Like when Helen installs that green carpet and he's like, looks like shit. And he just rides a horse in on the carpet and it's so mean, but it made me laugh. <laughs> um, but he's such an abusive husband at the same time. So it's, it's yeah. Well, I think there's a kind of wider phenomenon of like rooting for the bad boy and and loving it when when you get the bad boy's redemption you know it's like that's such a trope within books and films and stories that it means that if there's a bad character who does one good thing we're like oh my god he's Mm. great he's changed whereas if there's a good character who does one bad thing like jake Mm. we're like oh my god what a scumbag yeah so it's partly that yeah but it is also rachel like you say it's like julie Hooper obviously loves rupert campbell black and that's why she writes him into like all of her other books yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> he's in like 10 or 12 of her I other wonder, novels isn't he I wonder it's some sort of wish fulfillment to be that terrible and get away with it and everyone just still like you you can still love this book and think it's a great book but that has to be tempered with some very reasonable criticism I think oh, yeah I agree. and it's yeah, like absolutely. you know I I almost wish that Rupert did sort of mend his ways a little bit more like it's like if it gets that grim that there's enough time in the turnaround where he really evolves and real you know what I mean yeah. and there's some healing and there's some empathy for Helen like Helen is just she's awful oh my like she's God. actually she is awful even though like with my logical brain on like Helen's like a good person but she's she's she she is annoying she's written as being quite annoying yeah. I find it weird though because I feel like Judy Cooper kind of unconsciously writes Helen's trauma mm. you know she yeah. she's writing a character who's so clearly traumatized not just by the abuse that she suffered in her marriage the lying the cheating the gaslighting the physical and sexual abuse but by what's happened to her before in her life which is that she's had that relationship with her teacher and had a baby and then mm. had to leave whatever she I, writes her as like a, as like someone who is deeply traumatized and that's why she behaves in this way particularly with Jake towards the end but at the same time, she kind of makes her out to be the villain. Yeah. And it's very strange because you're thinking, like, it's so obvious that Helen is like this for a reason. So yeah. why aren't you letting us feel any sympathy for her? Yeah. Well, I think we should talk about the Kenya scene because we, we all um, looked into it. There was no, I mean, Flo, you were, you were saying you were looking for sort of criticism about the, the, this, what we think <laughs> of the notorious Kenya scene, <laughs> um, which is the foursome that, that happens about three quarters away through the book. And it is, it's actually like a very startling and upsetting rape scene. I mean, that's how we all felt. And we were t- talking about it um, mm-hmm. briefly. But you were saying you couldn't find any sort of criticism or... or um, at a sort of cursory look, mm, yeah. it seemed very obvious to me that this would be the issue that people would talk about revisiting the book now but it was seemed to be hard to find people talking about it in any kind of focused way yeah, there's a surprising lack of chatter about this yeah. yeah and it's it's actually it's brilliantly written this is the thing it's like when you when you say Julie Cooper writes um Helen's trauma almost unconsciously that is 
That is so true because the scene is so affecting. Essentially, if Billy and his wife Janie and Rupert and Helen, they're in Kenya and Rupert decides that they should all have a foursome and everyone's into it except for Helen. They lock her in the room, um, Rupert has sex with her and then there's this like horrendous scene where um, Helen then is sort of raped by all of them. Yeah. So just as a warning, um, just before we read anything out, just content warning that this is going to be a description of sexual abuse. So turn off if you don't want to hear it. I'm not hurting you, am I, Angel? He breathed in her ear, running his hands over her body. You're so beautiful. Please enjoy it. Helen didn't respond, lying rigid with horror, her teeth clenched, eyes closed. Billy, her dear, dear friend, how could he do this to her? But Billy was watching Janie bucking on top of Rupert. God, she looked wonderful. He was so proud of her. So I won't, I won't read much more. But that, that in particular, that really got to it's me. It's really heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Now. yeah. And there's no repercussions for it. No. no. You know, the book continues to ask us to root for Billy, who is painted as this lovely person the whole way through, who occasionally does unforgivable things. But in Jilly Cooper's world, they are forgivable, apparently. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting that Billy is forgivable, and we really root for his redemption. You know what I mean? To him, for him to kind of hit his lowest point and he's like an alcoholic and like suicide attempts and all that. And then they're like, no, no, Billy's great. Billy's great. But you don't offer that to Helen. You don't offer that to Jake. No. You don't offer that to any of the other characters. R- you know what I mean? Rupert gets forgiveness. Well, Rupert is never actually even censored and Billy earns his forgiveness. Yeah. But the characters who who need it more and deserve it more get nothing. Yeah. So do you think this book is dated? Because I mean... It, I, I would think it, it it is a bit. I mean, you have to really go into it with a mindset that it's of its time, as we were discussing earlier. Because even aside from the sex, there's there's the the way the women are treated and viewed in this book. Like like with poor old Tori, who's constantly being referred to as being bulky and and overweight yeah. and all those all those sort of things and 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 the women just sort of being disposable in this this era and it's interesting that it's written by a woman I mean in that way and I think she writes the men very well because it does seem like you know it's a very masculine world Jilly Cooper saying there was none of this me too rubbish in those days men were real men Jilly Cooper said adding I know I shouldn't say that <laughs> I saw that quote and I was like no, <laughs> I know I shouldn't say that, but I'm saying it. But I do understand her. I do understand the sort of the viewpoint. And I do understand why people would sort of still protectively love writers in the sense that like there's something that's very fun about reading like an ultra alpha male as mm. the sort of romantic hero. Lots of romance books do it. This super strong take control of me, take control of the situation. Alpha is like the ultimate romantic hero. And even like my favorite, Georgette Hare, she writes heroes like this all the time that sometimes I read and I'm like, Mm. by modern standards, Mm. he would just be horrific. But again, where I've just really struggled with writers is there was just nothing to temper that. There was just not enough goodness in him to make him, he was, you know, he wasn't charming enough. He wasn't likable enough. He never did good for you to be like, ah, you know, what a rogue or. Yeah. In fact, his only redeeming, real redeeming quality was his love for for Billy. Because even when you look at the fact that he loved his child Tabitha, he hates his other child I for know, no that's reason. So weird, isn't it? His ending isn't earned, and that's the problem. It's Not it's you can be as awful as you like, but then if you're going to have the triumphant ending, then you know I, I want to earn. Like you don't deserve Olympic <laughs> triumph. 
No. I actually think that Jilly Cooper feels that the worst thing he does in this book is um, is when he uh, tries to kill Macaulay, the horse. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then he sends Macaulay off to, like, the Middle East to, like, be in a quarry. Yeah. yeah. You can feel that she thinks that that is the worst thing he's yeah, done. Yeah, like, that, that is truly cruel. Because he is punished for that. Mm-hmm. Because then when he has to ride Macaulay, he, Macaulay throws him off and he loses the race and all of that. Not the race, whatever it is. <laughs> the show jumping. The jump. Thing. <laughs> you should be an expert right now. You would think I would know and understand more, but I really don't. Um, uh. But yeah, you feel that that is, that is his worst crime in the book to Jilly Cooper. And you can see that she, you can see that she loves the horses and, and that a love of animals is sort of, a sign of good character because yeah. Helen does not like animals, yeah, yeah, and that is a sign that yeah, yeah. she's sort of not very cool. Yeah, yeah whereas and, and Jake is 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 like the soft touch with. with yeah, animals. he's he's yeah. the horse whisperer and also the woman whisperer. As well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean he teams Helen just like he teams. Do you know what? It's she like, is a nervous filly, isn't she? And I, he kind of guides her to yeah. a better place. I yeah. honestly think I would forgive Jake and really root for Jake if he didn't keep looking, even with his affairs. If he didn't keep looking at Tori and being like, "Oh, she's so bulky and fat," and then when she's on <laughs> her deathbed, it's like yeah. she's on a deathbed, and he's like, "Oh, she looks so beautiful. She's lost so much weight." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ah. Kind of had to <laughs> <read> <laughs> you, Jake. So yeah, I think in in general, I didn't find this a particularly sexy book, just because so much of the sex is sort of grim. Yeah, grim. But actually, um, it's not titillating either. There's no run up. It's like, and then they're bonking. But there is one scene in it that I thought th- that was the kind of scene that I expected the whole book to be, and that is when Janie and Billy first have sex in the woods, mm-hmm. and that was great because yeah. they're both single. And they both really like each other. It's fully consensual. Yeah. And it's a bit silly and it's a bit out there. And the kind of language that she uses during it is very sort of heightened. And I and I like that. And I wanted more of that, mm. you know. And up until Janie is involved in the rape, um, <laughs> yeah. which is what it is, uh, you know, she's a good character. She's very yeah. complicated and flawed, but she's the kind of modern woman. And the way that her attitude towards sexuality is kind of like the one thing you can kind of get behind in this book and be like, yeah, like, yeah. you go, Janie. You, you, you go and have some crazy sex in the yeah. woods. Yeah, yeah, you, you really like Janie initially. All right, it's the casting call. Okay. Um, we have a few rules. I don't know if you guys know, this isn't chaos here. We've got couple of rules so the first one is no daddies so can't cast any daddies i'm looking at you rage didn't you try to cast a daddy no oh it's non-contemporary the second rule is you've got to cast a contemporary actor as they are now so basically you can't cast keanu reeves as he was in speed you have to cast him as A very handsome okay. older statesman. He uh, could actually be quite a good Jake. <laughs> he could be. He's he he would be an amazing Jake. He's Canadian. <laughs> and then the last one is they've got to be actors. So, you know, no footballers unless they've done a starring turn like Eric Cantona in Elizabeth. <laughs> okay. So there we go. Good. Those are the rules. So who are we casting? We're going to cast. Obviously. Roops. Roop. Rupert Campbell Blunt. I'd just like to say that. Rupert Campbell Black is just such an inherently evil name, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Like, it's just as soon as I read that, I went like, oh, just sort of instinctively. Do you know what? In the, um, there is an existing, like, made-for-TV movie of writers. It came out in the early 90s. And in it, the actor who plays Rupert, like, 
basically has a unibrow. <laughs> yeah, I watched. He's got some like of it. a really. He has like really straight <laughs> eyebrows, and it's basically a unibrow. And I just when I was watching, I was like. I think this was kind of the fashion at the time anyway, but it's like, it's such just a clever little thing because he looks genuinely like a petulant evil child through yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. So we're looking for unibrows then is what you're saying. <laughs> um, so Rupert, uh, and then we're going to RCD. cast, we're going to cast Jake, Jake Lovell. Jakey boy. And Helen, those are our main three. And then I thought... We should do. We should do a couple of the others. We'll do a quick fire round of a, a few other. We, yeah. we each have a few cast members that we really want to see cast. So we'll divide and conquer there maybe. So with Rupert, Rupert is tall, blonde and handsome. Um, I got a quote here. So Rupert had thick blonde hair brushed straight back in two wings above the ears, which really confused me. I had to read that about three times. I was like two wings above the ears. Emphasizing the clear, smooth forehead and the beautiful shape of his head. His face, along with its Greek nose, high cheekbones and long <laughs> denim blue eyes. <laughs> I was very confused about that too. Wow, how um, was saved from a femininity by a square jaw and a very determined mouth. And he is constantly being referred to as like God's gift in terms of looks. Like everyone thinks he's gorgeous. He's always very tanned, isn't he? And he's well. got a great body. That's the other thing they're always talking about. He's got a great bod. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jake. So Jake had a curiously immobile face, everything in the right place, but without animation. The swarthy features were pale, the full lips set to an uncompromising line. Slanting, secretive eyes looked out from beneath a frowning line of brow. Well, that's the unibrow again, right? <laughs> it really was the fashion. Practically concealed by a thick thatch of black hair. 5'7", very thin, and wears gold rings in his ear. And he has, um, uh, he had polio as a kid, so he's mm. got one bum leg. And um, Helen was a beauty. <laughs> I couldn't actually find, like, a big, long description of Helen, but she's got red hair and she's just described as completely beautiful. So Very thin and mm. pale. And Tiny. Sort of nymph-like almost. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. ethereal beauty to her. Something else I just really want to mention about Rupert Campbell Black is that he, the character, is based on real poshos. <laughs> <laughs> A real-life posho. A real-life posho. <laughs> so uh, rumor is... That he's based on an amalgamation of Andrew Parker Bowles. <laughs> the yes. really the really hot Andrew yeah. Parker Bowles. He's, he, he's, he's a sexist like that <laughs> he one. He's the most uh, English. Brigadier Andrew Parker Bowles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then Michael, Earl of Suffolk. Ooh, tasty. <laughs> I got a poster. Lysit Green. Ah, yeah. However, hat, hat, Cooper hat. would like us to know that Andrew didn't do any of the really naughty things, though. <laughs> so. I mean, what, like the domestic violence? <laughs> hey, just a little bit of rape, but no domestic violence. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I thought that was so funny when I, when I, I read. Do you know the thing that was very funny to me about <clears throat> the idea that these were based on real characters and also um, Janie is based on potentially a real character as well, Julie Cooper herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. But it, it was just astonishing to me that what the author is implying by that is that like these, what the goings on in writers are probably not that far removed from the actual goings on of her extended social circle at the time she was writing this. She's yeah. pretty posh. Pretty posh. And apparently the, the house that Rupert 
lives in is sort of based I mean his is supposed to be far bigger but on her sort of Cotswolds place so yeah just something to note I watched her on uh, this morning um saying that she used to go to something called a feather party (laughs) which is where you'd all hold like a blanket and you'd put a feather on it and then you'd kind of like move the blanket (laughs) (laughs) it's true move the feather around and whoever it went closest to had to take off an item of clothing um oh really yeah that's it sounds like a sort of elaborate way to do that but um yeah so it sounds like she had some saucy saucy times yeah old jilly well there you go okay ready to hear your picks so flo you're up first today am i are you, you ready? First to jump the show jumping <laughs> circle that is this podcast round. That's very pithy. Okay, please cut that. <laughs> um, okay, so it's going to start with the big man. The Roops. 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 I'd just like to preface this by saying that I don't think there should be an adaptation of writers. <laughs> I don't think it's relevant. <laughs> I think the only way you could possibly make it is if you change the ending so that as you soon could, as... You could Rupert dies in a horrible fire. Yes, like a piano <laughs> falls in his head as soon as he like wins Yeah, the you could adapt it with a more modern sensibility and kind of take it two ways. One, you could make it as grim as it actually is mm, and mm. keep like all the sexual abuse in it and just be like, this is horrific. Look at this world. Or you could strip a lot of that out and just sort of sanitize it a bit and be like, oh, look at these ridiculous show jumpers. Just make it about But even still, like, even still, it's like, it feels like an alternate reality because this world that they live in where show jumpers are like the ultimate celebrity feels so weird now. I know, it does, it does. I was, so, I was like, were they this big? I think they were. I think they were that yeah. big, you know, it's crazy. But, yeah, I think the only way to do it would be to treat it as a full-on period drama. You can't try and modernize it because mm. it, doesn't, it doesn't adapt and then... Change the ending to have him die in a horrible accident, <laughs> and then I'll be and they'll be happy. Yeah. I'm on board. Okay, so my my pick for Rupert is uh, the big man of the dossier, uh, James North. Oh my god, <laughs> that was so my pick too, and I knew you would be How mad, but I was dare like, you. He, is, he is perfect. I've got another pick He's just too in hot. case someone snaked it. But He's too hot. Well, no, he has to be hot. But this is the thing, right? This is why it's difficult because it's like if you want to cast someone who's true to the character you have to cast someone who's really attractive and really hot james norton's perfect for it but it also you're going to ruin james norton by (laughs) making him play this character but he is the right pick that's excellent yeah he's big he's tall he's got a nice big posh head he's got sort of (laughs) blonde he's kind of got blonde hair you could put some highlights in it Mm -hmm. he could grow it out into some wings above his ears he's an actor of great range (laughs) i know that he could sort of embody the badness Mm -hmm. i mean he's i mean he plays a outright villain in happy valley and he's amazing in that yeah 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 okay love that love that okay my pick is tom hiddleston is it really yeah (laughs) and i think he would be great because he seems sort of posh he's he like what was the what was that stupid thing he was in the night, the, night, manager? the night manager is like a lot of the qualities of the character he plays in the night manager, I think fit chime really nicely with Rupert Campbell black. And he can, she I found I, him very wet in the night manager, even though he's this sort of action hero. Yeah. I mean, I would say he's, I mean, he's, he's a great actor, but I think he's lacking that sort of like 
viciousness. The thing about Rupert is that he's ultimately just putting his interests first above everybody. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even see them as bad because he's like, well, this is what I want. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think Tom Hiddleston could do that. You do you they- think he would be better than James Norton though? Quite yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> You'll say yeah. anything to save your dossier. <laughs> Um, okay, well, my, my pick was James Norton, but I have a I have a backup pick that I think is quite oh. good. Um, Freddie Stromer. And so he played oh, Cormac McLaggen yeah. in Harry Potter, um, you know, the one that's always chasing after um, Hermione Granger. And I he's, think he'd be good too. I think he's got that sort of posh, like sort of bowl you over kind of. Yeah, he's definitely got the right vibe. look. Yeah. <laughs> he you looks – do you know what though he uh, – I've, I guess I'm picturing this whole cast a little bit older. So he feels, even though he is like 33, he has a, a very youthful face. He does face. Have, a, a, have a baby face, that's true. Yeah. I don't think that would work against him though because part of, I think, um, Rupert Campbell's blacks, I don't need to say his full name, Rupert. um, Rupert's um, appeal is that he, he looks so angelic. He looks like an angel. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he's so handsome. And, yeah, and I think like that's – an absolute devil. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I think he, he'd be all right. I don't think he'd be as good as James Norton, I must admit, but I think he'd be I, – I, You know what? I'll allow James Norton just for the fact that <laughs> him in those little riding breeches. Oh, yeah. And his red coat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we're, do- we're doing uh, yeah, we're doing one and done today because yeah. um, there's so many characters to do. <laughs> uh, so then, Jake, Jake. Okay. So this actor I actually said in last week's episode. Mm. So I just have to say, <laughs> I'm not going to mention him every week, but I do think that Paul Mescal would be a really good Jake. <laughs> oh no! no. I didn't Why see that. No. No, How? I don't see it either. I don't see that at all. Are you, are you kidding me? Connell has very Jake vibes to me. Quiet, brooding, a little bit emotionally stunted. Yeah, maybe. Attractive, but not like really super Connell doesn't handsome. want revenge. But also, <laughs> J- Jake is Connell. One of but Connell's a- big things is that, that he has like no self-esteem really. Whereas Jake is full of self-esteem. He knows he's good. I yeah. don't know. Not always. He's like just He bitter. always gets really nervous before his mm-hmm. show That's jumping. True. That's true. I'm, no. I'm coming around. But you can I have James Norton, but sit, I draw the line at Paul with Maskell. It. Yeah, it. <laughs> I don't need to. Sit with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, who's your Jake? Okay, so bit of a curveball. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, this will probably be sensible. How about James McAvoy? I thought of James McAvoy. He's too old. I know he's, a, but all my no. characters are a little bit. No, older. he's. He, I think he's too old. He would be. If this had been ten years ago, perfect. Imagining him and Tom Hiddleston, it's like James McAvoy has more like big dick energy than Tom Hiddleston. Oh, one hundred percent. You'd have to at least rethink your uh, your group. I think in that. Yeah, he's got to have. He's. He's. They've got to have comparable dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> um, so my pick, which I feel pretty good about, is uh, Max Minghella, and he played the lead in The Handmaid's Tale. So he's actually English. I know he plays uh, an American in it, but he, I think he has the right look. But I also think he exudes like you know quite confidence. I think he could do the sort of nerves. Um, he's also not a very not a very tall man, which I think works. I don't think I've ever seen him in a leading role, and maybe that's what 
gives me pause. He's he's great in The Handmaid's Tale. Is he enough to rival James Norton? I th- I don't Is he enough of a foil for James Norton. I think yes. I mean, if we're going with James Norton, we have to go all the way. We yeah, need an all-star so Paul cast. Mas- Paul Mascal. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> show yourself. Out, I so. think think about James Norton, Max Minghella. He's, I mean, he's mm, in a hit show. No, James McAvoy <laughs> would be great across from James Norton. No, I don't think so. I think he's got bigger dick energy than uh, James Norton too. No, oh, he no, does no, not. no, 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 no. Compar- that's comparable yeah. dick you really energy. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Helen. Helen. I feel very good about my Helen, actually. So, my choice for Helen is Rooney Mara. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I had Kate Mara. I don't think either of the Maras could do it. I I, see that Rooney Mara's energy is exactly what I pitched. Like, every time I see Rooney Mara at, like, a kind of awards ceremony and she's sort of on, on the red carpet, sort of looking so pale and sort of beautiful and frail and startled <laughs> yeah that to me is just helen's energy all over put her in a ginger wig bam bob's your uncle perfect well kate <laughs> murray wouldn't need to put her in a ginger wig because she's already red-headed and i think she has a slightly gentler energy than than uh, rooney i murray. think i would probably prefer rooney to kate but i don't think either are quite right well i have a backup I, I'm not that you actually picked it since they're two different people. Or something <laughs> about. Uh, anyway, anyway, I also thought maybe Lily Collins, who is sort of like a smaller, like Rooney Mara. <laughs> Definitely Rooney Mara over Lily Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's yeah, why I so. said Rooney Mara first. All right. How about Bryce Dallas Howard? I thought oh, of her no. too. I, I thought no. of her too, but I think she's she's too. She seems too together. But I think like, I, I do think Helen. Does, I do though. think Helen has to sort of appear that because that's that is why Rupert sort of wants her as a wife is because she sort of fits the, you know, she fits the outward appearance of what he believes his wife should be. She has a very passive vibe, mm-hmm. and I think Helen needs that a little bit because Helen is just so steamrolled by everybody in this world. She actually does demented quite well though, yeah. too. Like she in the help, and like, you can see Bryce Dallas, How- Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard being like, "I don't get the horse thing." Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I, I like Bryce Dallas Howard. I I thought I she occurred to me as well. No, I just because I feel like her, she's she's got such warmth, and Helen I think has to seem sort of cool and a bit frosty and aloof. But I think in some roles, Bryce Dallas yeah, I think Howard Bryce can be really cold. Yeah. She often plays. She often plays villains. You know, all villains and stuff. Think of her in Jurassic. Think of her turn in Jurassic. It's not villain energy. It's like Helen's kind of awkward awkwardness yeah and that is bryce think of her turn in <laughs> jurassic park stop telling me to think of her turn in jurassic park i have a possible third option because okay. um is uh deborah ann wall and so she I played yeah she she played um what's that in um true blood she played Gosh, I uh, probably should have looked this Jess, up. Jessica? Je- Jessica in True Blood. She's I great in that. I love her in yeah. True Blood. Yeah, I think I think that's quite good actually. And I'd like to see her in more in more roles because yeah. she's very good. I think she can do earnest. I think she can do a bit crazy. And she's beautiful. And she has that kind of girlish mm. energy that I think works well for Helen. We need we should we should cast some of the others. 
What about, so so Flo, you wanted to put up an option for Fenella, right? Yeah, and actually we haven't even spoken about Fenella. I know we haven't, oh, yeah. Fen hasn't come up at all. But Which is, she's really the hero of the book in some ways. She's she's the, the nicest. Yeah. So Fen is Tori's younger sister who's nine at the start of the book and she's this very haughty little girl mm. who's sort of very strong-minded and adventurous and brave. And we see her kind of grow up and become a very successful show jumper and compete at the Olympics and along the way fall in and out of love and have her heart broken, blah, blah, blah. And then she has a happy ending. And yeah. and that is one of the redeeming strands within the book. She also has like her flaws as well, but she's she's a really well-written character. Like she can be petulant and mean and and, and all these things, but but you you never lose sympathy with Fen. No, no. Um, you're always on her side, even when she's kind of being awful. Um, so yeah, she was she was one of my favorites. I think in the book. because Fen learns. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like Fen oh, really yeah. evolves in the book, where yeah. the other characters actually don't at all. Yeah. Like because she literally grows up, but it's like she grows in confidence, she grows in skill. Mm. She, you know, when she messes up, she realizes she's like, oh, I was just going crazy over this boy or like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like she has out of all the characters, like much more of an arc. So she is, I actually do think quite lovable for that reason. Yeah. And in some ways she's sort of the lens through which we see the other characters, like, like Rupert, like she, she hates Rupert, but then she sort of starts to see some of his other qualities because he can be, he's quite kind to her, especially towards the end and supports her in the Olympics, but she, she never... Let's go of the fact that she knows he's a scoundrel and um, she knows about Jake's affair, but she loves him because he, he helped bring her up and she has real loyalty to him. So, you know, you can sort of understand the rest of the more difficult characters almost through Fenella's eyes better than yeah. your own, you know? Yeah. She is, she's a good character. I was very relieved that she didn't end up having sex with Rupert or Jake. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, me too. I, actually, I was worried she was going to have sex with Jake. I really thought that too for a while, like as she was sort of growing up because it's like she's under his wing and they work so closely together and all that. And I was just like, is this where this is going? I know. Especially because when uh, Rupert at one point like alludes to the fact that Jake's in love with Fen and I was like, please don't be in love please with don't Fen. Let that be That's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who was your Fen pick? So even though I did want to cast her, I actually did find this quite hard. I mean, partly because the character, as I said, she's, it starts when she's nine and then it finishes when she's 19. So really you would want to cast, if you're being accurate, a kind of teenager and that's mm. quite hard to do. But the actress I landed on was Amy Lou Wood. She is... I think as old as you would want the actress to play Fen could be because mm-hmm. I think she's at 25 now but she looks young and just when you see when you see her in sex education she just has such lovely bright cheerful kind of self-confident energy that I think really works for Fen and she's also really funny and she's like pretty but in a kind of she looks a little quirky yeah uh, yeah I like that I like that I like oh, that yeah yeah that's yeah, that good. good yeah all right, Rach. Who 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 are you gonna cast? Okay, so I am casting Janie. Uh, Janie, I found quite easy because Janie is based on on Jilly. an amalgamation of two women. Oh, the first is Jilly Cooper, and the second is Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> so I was like, right, <laughs> let's take it to the source. Let's take it to the crown. So I instantly found the perfect pick, which is Emerald Fennel. Oh, is she the actress who plays, plays Camilla Park? in the crown? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And as soon as, like, I was just like, no, you are perfect. Like, you would be a perfect Tory. She has a great look for it. She Janie. actually, you mean she, Janie? Or, yeah, Janie, sorry. <laughs> she has a great look for it. She actually slightly resembles the Janie in 
the original TV adaptation as yeah. well, which I, cause I thought the Janie in the TV version is she's the best character. She's so great. I like that. Yeah. So she's yeah. in the crown. She's also best known for, she was the showrunner on the second series of killing Eve. So she's a multi hyphenate really? talent. Yeah. She's the showrunner. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool. She's an actress, author, screenwriter, and director. God, yeah, let's okay, get that's, her that's on. too many jobs. Just to <laughs> pick two out of those. <laughs> Just be good at one yeah. thing. God. <laughs> okay, so my I'm I'm gonna cast Billy. This is big responsibility. That is a big responsibility. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about. We gave this. you the hard one. We were like, oh um, Johnny Flynn. <gasps> He's what I said. Oh my God, was he? I mean, like yeah, I knew yeah, I wasn't yeah. supposed yeah. to say uh, Billy. Totally, Billy totally. So yeah. he plays um, Mr. Knightley in the new Emma, and he was also the lead in Lovesick. <laughs> Rachel's favorite show, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I think that is a good pick, but yeah. it's it's the same with James Norton. I like, I almost like him too much. I'm like he, but that's he. He's got to be likable. The thing is, we've built such a great cast. I would watch this adaptation yeah. now and probably love it. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I would say about Johnny Flynn is like, does he look a little bit scruffy for Billy? I sort of st- I think picture Billy is a bit scruffy. Yeah, I, think he I, is, I sort yeah. of picture him as more like you know, like he's quite like clean a- cut, but just a mess. Now I kind of think of no, him as I a No, I think mess. he's a mess. Yeah, he's got exactly the right level of dick energy as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like m- medium. <laughs> so. <laughs> moderate dick energy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Average dick energy. <laughs> Nothing to see, do with the size of his actual penis. No, no, no. Which no. we do not know <laughs> yeah. and cannot verify. Flo suggested we do a segment called... Horse or human, <laughs> where we read out quotes and they have to guess, is it a horse or is it a human? Here we go. I had so much fun finding these. Hardy's all ready and I know you wanted to jump him. Is Hardy horse or human? Horse. 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 Very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah, that's very good. Maybe you should blank out the name. X put in an incredibly fast time. Janie went into noisy ecstasy. Horse or human? <laughs> horse. Horse. Yes, correct. The full quote is bugle put in an incredibly fast <laughs> bugle. Okay. Um, X finished her second hot dog and rode off into the ring. Also human. 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 Yes, correct. Griselda finished her second hot dog. <laughs> oh, the names. When you hear the names, it doesn't necessarily clear anything up, does it? Sarah gave a groan. X and John. Also human. Sarah gave a groan. X and John. Also human. Human? Human? Yes, I have a brain. <laughs> I have a brain is a human. And John is his horse. <laughs> so John. <laughs> Sarah gave me John, John the horse. I have a brain and John. Um, okay. There was a bang on the door. It was X. Also human. 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 Yeah, it was a bang on the door. It was Humpty Hamilton. <laughs> Horses aren't banging on the door. Okay. Touching her nose, exchanging breaths. X was still rigid with disbelief. Also human. Human. Horse. Rage got it. It's horse. Macaulay was still rigid with belief. Like, <laughs> it was a, rigid it was with disbelief. <laughs> yeah, that made it sound very human, but why would a human touch a human's nose? <laughs> the next minute, a beer can landed at X's feet. Ooh. Also human. Human. Horse. Yeah, horse. <laughs> Next minute, the beer can landed at Desdemona's feet. <laughs> Last thing <laughs> is 
I think X is getting jealous. Also human. Of course. Human. Neither dog. I think Mavis is getting jealous. Sorry. Oh, it was a hound. Dirty I had trick. to put a hound in there with all the horse and hound in there. That's I... it. <laughs> That's the end. I just remember my favourite bit in this book, which is when Jake comes home and is greeted by his dog and his dog actually cries. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that?